So, Alan, have you um, ever lived anywhere with a laundry chute before? No, but uh, it does sound kind of fun. <laughs> like you could just throw anything in there, which, uh, I mean, I guess is not good. I think you could tell I don't do my own laundry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I may be lucky enough to be moving into a house soon that has it. Uh, humble brag. Uh-huh. I, I'm very excited because basically I can just throw things from the bathroom straight down into the laundry room. Okay. Which is very exciting until I know what my son's going to discover and start throwing down random Hot Wheels and other things and food, possibly. So we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> well, I think it sounds fun. It's kind of like an amusement park, you know, for kids that go down the, the roller coaster and then... Um... You know, if you're too hot and you want to cool off, then you just slide something down the toilet. It's basically a splash park and uh, six flags combined. <laughs> Talking about young adult literature is not for the faint of heart. There's fashion atrocities, queer subtext, problematic love interests. And that's just for a start. But never fear, because Carrie and Marie are here with Go Your Own YA, a podcast about the young adult literature you never knew you loved. Do something good for yourself and bad for the patriarchy and find us wherever pods are cast. It's time. Time. It's time. Time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello, and welcome to the show that usually ends. Another episode of Interrupted Tales the podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, I am Rob, and I'm joined tonight by the Ming the Merciless to my Flash Gordon, Allen. How are you, Alan? Clytus, I'm bored. Well, uh, this week, we have a tale from the future. So this Ooh. is uh, perfectly fitting, but it's a tale of futuristic showbiz. Oh. And it's from uh, Startling Stories. From the May 1940 issue, and it's called Glamour Girl 2040. Wow. <laughs> if you saw Cherry 2000 and <laughs> wanted to know what she'd look like 40 years later, it's 2018. So that was Melody Griffith, wasn't it? Yeah, sure was. And it's by Oscar J. Friend, who wrote sure, a friend bunch of you, stuff. Friend to me. Yeah, friend at all. Friends, friends, friends. Been watching a lot of Paw Patrol, Rob. <laughs> so, there, there, there are humans and dogs on that show? Uh, let's not get into that. Okay. Boy, I'm that's some confused. science fiction. I'm very confused about how mm -hmm. Paw Patrol works. But uh, let's not think about that now. Go and grab your favorite drink. Curl up in your favorite chair while we read you. This week's tale.
True Depth Pictures, Inc. had reached a climax and a crisis in a long career of climaxes and crises. Oh, uh, sorry, you said Wicked Pictures, was it? Uh... <laughs> True Depth. True, True Depth. Depth must yeah. be one of those new VR POV ones. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... <clears throat> <clears throat> hard to keep up. Huh? Huh? Hard to, hard to keep <laughs> It was casting at last for the picture Departure with the Whirlwind, and Harold Debussy was searching frantically for the right glamour girl to play the role of Pinky, the spaceship captain's daughter. Yeah, uh, Departure with the Whirlwind, an Oz story. It's about what happens to the bike after the tornado sweeps out into space, and it's a lot like that movie Radio Flyer, except it's in space and there's more child abuse. They're going to love it. <laughs> On the producer's desk were stacks of mail and photographs from the very corners of the solar system. Radiograms and spacegrams continued to pour in by the hour, every day. Please, for a televisor test from Elora, the It Girl of Venus. Um, yes, Mr. Debussy, she's very pretty, but a little bit backwards. I'm missing what makes her backwards. Oh, oh, oh. Clever. It, it, clever. Yes, it's very, I'm very clever, Mr. Debussy. If you could just continue. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, I'm going to need my lawyer here. You're too clever to negotiate with. <laughs> An urgent request from the Martian Council to test Tzenia, a superb actress of the Red Planet. Mm, I hear she's cold and has no magnetism at all. <laughs> Very, uh, very light in the head, you know? I've got a lot of these. Please, you're, <laughs> let's keep going. You should see her two moons. Oh, oh. I, that one comes up later, doesn't Mr. it? Mr. Debussy, that's inappropriate for this sort of conversation about talent. Uh, a letter from the Chamber of Commerce of McGillicuddy, Iowa, sending the picture of Dora Dingle, beauty prize winner at the last county fair. Yes, Mr. W.C., I'm afraid Dora is so dumb that when we said she might be in a moving picture, she blanked. Okay, okay, Mr. W.C., dumb Dora is so dumb that when we said she might be in a moving picture, she... Sold her house? No, oh, great. great. Um, uh, is anyone taping this, Mr. W.C.? I feel like... <laughs> feel like there's sort of an unknown audience we're, we're doing this little routine for. No, this is how I conduct all business in this office. Assume you're being watched at all times. It was enough to drive Debussy mad. Which is the reason, of course, he never finished his operas. <laughs> Debussy. Okay. Joking. Okay, uh, fuck it. Hibanag from Jupiter, who has a bad acne problem. Uh-huh. Slimbra from Saturn, who has been married uh, eight times, if you count them. <laughs> uh. There's Trualala, who from Uranus, who uh, really she's a perfect candidate. Not a bad word about her boss. <laughs> of course, his staff of experts combed through and checked every submission. No, oh, you know, everyone knows that unsolicited headshots are how most movie stars get their big break. Oh, yeah. Also, here's a tip if you want to get a manuscript published, okay? 
Just mail it randomly to very famous people with some crushed up peppermint Altoids in it. So it'll be a great smelling surprise when they open it. A little showbiz advice from the people here at Interrupted Tales. Just go the extra mile. <laughs> Talent scouts were running expense accounts up into telephone numbers as they searched the five inhabited worlds of the solar system. Uh, oh, Patrick, hey, yeah, there seems to be a problem with your last expense report. You, uh, you put down the total as Beechwood 45789, but I think you forgot to carry the Beechwood from the last line. Beechwood. Uh, also, your per diem receipt from a place called the Virgo Cluster. Now, is, is that an asteroidal fuel stop or a... Um, intergalactic titty bar because I looked it up and its slogan is the Virgo cluster and intergalactic titty bar but you wrote down asteroidal fuel stop <laughs> I like a slogan that gets right to the point listen they're in <laughs> outer space they don't have time to mess around and still no star Debussy was becoming annoyed for nearly a hundred years plans had gone forward for the making of this epic film of the spaceways Oh, don't worry, don't worry. At least Nicolas Cage got to be Superman in Teen Titans Go. And that's something he can look back on and tell his kids and his tax advisors about. He definitely needs to tell the tax advisors about it. <laughs> the lesson learned. Three generations of Debussy's had sought in vain for the right heroine to play the part. And now it looked as though the fourth inheritor of the famous Debussy directorial crown was doomed to failure. But I must not fail, declared Debussy, running his fingers through his synthetic hair implanted in his scalp in his 40th year by Hirsute Electroponics. Uh, wait, synthetic hair? Oh, yes, it, it looks very natural, Mr. Debussy, and don't worry, the Furby never feels a thing. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no, no. That's, it's, no, it's, it's completely synthetic. But why? So they build the Furbies and then tear the fur off? Uh, technically, they grow the Furbies. No, no, I don't want to know more. Aluminum gonna... metal bath. Nope, so. I, I feel complicit now. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> when great-grandfather Daryl Debussy bought the story, he did not dream that his own son would not live to produce the picture. This is almost monotonous. Uh, please, Mr. Dubusset, uh, said the soft voice of his secretary, won't you give me just one screen test for the role? She, she, she's not French, but she, she likes for other people to be French. She, uh, she, spent a semester. <laughs> she spent a semester there, so now okay. she pronounces everyone's name super okay. Frenchy. All right, all right. No, 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 for the hundredth time, no, Ms. Montaigne, the harried producer shouted. You're an efficient secretary and a brilliant young woman, but you simply haven't the fire, the ardor, the the atmosphere, background, experience, the, the necessary oomph to portray that part. For instance, you don't have the grables or moving up. The Russells are moving up. Well, you know what Kim Karn said. Well, she wasn't talking about you, kid. Now, if you'd like another insult, here's your paycheck. <laughs> wow. Wow. Showbiz is tough. Hey, I'm the boss here. <laughs> please go away and leave me in my despair. No more letters or grams this morning, please. 
Oh, no more grams. If I have to see one more Chrissy Teigen, I'm a regular person, y'all. Post, I'm going to burn it all down. <laughs> but her recipes are delightful, Alan. Yeah, and she has such a natural relationship with John. <laughs> they don't seem to be overcompensating at all. <laughs> but you've never seen me in makeup, Marcia protested indignantly. You've never seen me act. And I've been leaving my poster for my one woman show in your inbox every day for two months. Somehow, I, you haven't read it. Uh, <laughs> you won't even give me a chance. No, no, and no again. Goodbye, please. I wish to be alone. He flung himself from his desk to the intricate instrument panel and televisor screen, which took up one entire wall. As his hobby, the great Debussy had turned to interspatial communication. Strictly amateur, of course. He was known as the biggest ham in the ether. I am the ham riddler, and I have returned, <laughs> no, Rob. No, no, what are the odds that the ham riddler would have the opportunity to return? If you would challenge for the title of biggest ham in the ether, answer first, you must... This puzzling code. Okay. All right, uh, Riddler. All right, let's get into this. I'm ready. O.M. Old for man, for no age it depends. While Y.L. is for ladies and other young misses. 4-4 four four is a handshake or greeting for friends. But what code doubled in meaning Begs, hugs, and kisses. Oh, wow. Let me uh, let me go back to my uh, ham radio you... source book. Uh, of here. course, yes. Um, Take your time. It's hold only on. I a time to find the latest exam. edition. I've got two shelves of these things. Well, okay? it's not an right. open book. Well, you threw this on me. I wasn't prepared. Okay, let me let me flip. That's um, against the ham radio code of operations. Uh, Being prepared is. Not really our thing. It's a Boy Scout thing, but still. <laughs> look, look, look. Look, I found it. Let's just make it easier for everybody else. Um, let me put my glasses on so I can read this mm -hmm. a little more clearly. All right. It says... Uh, Please, your answer, <clears throat> sir. Yeah, it says, uh, go fuck yourself, Ham Riddler. Uh, the rec center is now closed for senior salsa night, but the Ham Riddler will return. Oh, no. <laughs> It was 88, double, 44. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn riddles. He flipped a couple of switches and started twisting dials as a girl frowned wistfully at his back. Then Miss Montaigne withdrew from the luxurious office just as a blare of wild Venusian music came from the telemics behind the crystal screen. Thought this was... Uh... Uh, George loves Gisla joke, but it's it's actually just a Sirius XM station that only plays Bananarama. <laughs> it's a cruel. It's a cruel. Nope, nope, not song. not. Sorry, I, I need to be more specific. It oh. plays one Bananarama song. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, they play that Robert De Niro is waiting. Uh, song. Just keep going. <laughs> I know three songs by Bananarama. Yeah. She closed the door and spread her hands helplessly as she glanced at the handsome young man who stood in the outer office. This chap, Sam Dozement, first assistant electrician for True Depth, smiled at the girl and made his way out of the office. Marcia sat at her desk and began answering telescreen summons, opening mail, and making appointments for her employer. 
Okay, let's see. Monday, 9 to 10, not making the movie. Monday, 10 to 11, not making the movie. Monday, 11 to 12, all hands meeting on progress of movie not being made. Hmm. When's lunch? Gotta go to, what are they going to talk about over lunch? Oh, yes, of course. 12 to 2, lunch. Important conversation about the state of the movie industry with many executives at the movie not being made diner. <laughs> Next to the Brown Derby. Yeah, it's, it's very close. It's convenient. <laughs> Back in his office, Debussy was fretfully shifting his detector beam from one part of the solar system to another, idly searching out crowds on Jupiter, a gathering on Mars, a wine shop in the steaming jungle town of Neopoline on Venus, and focusing the close-up ray on any female figure that even excited a flicker of interest. How did this turn from, like, a radio signal into some kind of peeping pervo ray? <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> That's how science works. It's like Google Maps satellite images, but at angles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How'd they do that? It's the it's future. <laughs> The wonderful, I mean, the horrible future. But all in vain. Wait, I've almost got it. The famous astronomical wow signal. And there it is. Uh, hot, nude, mom. Whoa. Oh, no, we were reading it wrong the whole time. It was the mom signal. Oh, no. no. It was upside down. It was, it was upside down. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn you, science. Oh, mercy. Then something clicked in the battery of Rheostats. The very crystal of the screen quivered, and in the midst of a scene of a desert orator haranguing a crowd of prospectors in a mining camp on Ganymede, another scene was imposed. It was a scene of a spaceport somewhere. It looked like the terrain of the moon. A split detector torque. Oh, a split detector torque. Yeah, now that's going to cost you. Uh, you should have gotten the extended warranty and... The gold HDMI cable and uh, worn those static wrist wraps and uh, uh, not stolen Joe Boo's rum. That also <laughs> contributes. That goes without saying. Right. That happens sometimes, but rarely. Debussy was reaching for the disconnecting switch when he became interested in the superimposed scene. There, right in the middle of the mining camp, fragments of which could be seen all around the central picture, was an attack on a spaceship. Wild-looking creatures were storming the open port of the vessel, ray guns and cudgels and rocks in hand. Ugh, listen. Stop trying to make Spelljammer a thing, Gretchen. <laughs> Forgotten Realms, sure. Why Metamorphosis Gretchen? Alpha, yeah, I'll bite. <laughs> Gamma World, uh-huh. Dark Sun, put me in. Fucking Spelljammer, go to hell. <laughs> Too far. It was a ravening mob, and it looked like the finish of the gallant crew of three who battled to protect the ship. Debussy wondered whether it was, and whether he could would view the subsequent news projection on his tomorrow morning's microfilm newspaper. Oh, psh, another vision of the future that gets it all wrong. You know, print microfilm is dying. The future is in digital microfilm newspapers with unskippable microfilm ads. I don't know, Alan. There's always going to be those hipsters who want to get out their machinery and look at the original microfilm. 
It's warmer. <laughs> That's right. It's warmer. You know, I like to put my newspaper on a vibration-free platter. Um, just to get it just right? It's called a table. <laughs> Space table. <laughs> At this instant, a vivid, vibrant figure of a girl leaped out of the struggling mass and sprang to the side of the hard-pressed space pilots, threw her arms around one of them. Back, ye scum of Morgulak, came her ringing voice. And everyone who isn't scum, take a step forward. Wait, I didn't say Morgulak says. It's <laughs> a terrible game. Does the loser get stoned? I don't know what happens on Morgulak, but uh, probably get candy. <laughs> Can ye not see that these men have come with the stars of Emerlos to save you from the ravages of the creeping plague? Would ye destroy the very men who bring ye hope? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, miss. I've been elected head scum speaker of Morgulak in uh, speaking on behalf of my constituents. Yes, we are extremely predisposed to destroying the very men who bring us hope. It's kind of our bad. <laughs> Once you get hope, then you get spirits raised, and then it's just, uh, why haven't we cured this plague yet? Sure, it's a recipe for disappointment. Exactly. And it floats. Come on. <laughs> it's not helpful. No. No. Why would hope float, by the way? What is the scientific principle behind this? Density and Sandra Bullock. But Debussy paid little attention to the words, which, oddly enough, he could hear above the roaring discord of two separate scenes. He was charmed, enthralled by the girl's voice. Even as he reached forth hesitantly to attempt adjustment which would focus a close-up, the scene swept rapidly toward him, and the form and features of the girl filled the entire split section of the crystal. Oh, I knew it. I knew all you have to do, you got to get the aluminum foil and you got to put it in the right spot on the coax cable, the exact like position, and you totally get the spice channel. Oh, you just got to keep, you got to keep moving around that aluminum foil until it's right. Yeah, you just got to keep rubbing it. Yeah, just keep yep. rubbing that aluminum foil. And then, yeah, eventually it, it happens. Her flowing dark hair, her lambent and flashing dark eyes, the play of passion and emotion on her lovely mobile features fascinated the producer. Well, I gotta tell you, as a producer, I know it is so important as an actress to not have immobile features. It's really, it's really the first rule. It is so important these days. I mean, you, you used to be able to get away with it, but oh yeah, you not can, now. You can give them singing lessons, acting lessons, but the one thing you got to do is make sure they have mobile feature lessons. You, you seem to be agreeing with me, sir. Are you in the movies? <laughs> oh, I'm in the business, all right. He could not tear his eyes away. He didn't even hear the office door open behind him. Marsha Montaigne came softly into the room. Please, Mr. Debussy. All I ask is a single chance to show you what I can do. A single chance and I show you what I can... I really don't think I can make that any more explicit without HR getting involved. <laughs> Putting it right out there. Right out there. If you will only... Shut up, roared Mr. Debussy, never looking around at his secretary. I've found the woman to play the part of Pinky. Tuscadero. It was a long, hard search for this 
C-list character from Happy Days. <laughs> what about leather, though? Now they're going to have to look for leather. Oh, no. Great God. But where is she? How can I find her? Don't talk. Why did I ask you questions? <laughs> it's very confusing. Look, if you want to see a marvelous actress, ask my wife to list the reason she loves me. <laughs> actress? Oh, I uh, Oh, you get it now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought it was pretty good. She doesn't like my sense of humor, though. Uh, send for Dozeman. Quick! I want him to check this screen and locate that girl. Hurry, can't you? I'm here, Mr. Debussy, answered the cool voice of the electrician. Electri electrician? Yep, it is that word. <laughs> electrician, okay. No, go ahead. Oh, electrician. Electrician. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, it's 2040. We can add a couple I's and T's wherever we want to. We got, we got T's and I's to spare. Come on. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, you like the lady on the televisor before you. Like her. I've got to have her. True Depth has been looking for her for a hundred years. And let me tell you, the union overtime on this shoot, it's a doozy. <laughs> We've been on break. <laughs> the movie would have to play for 500 years for them to make this money back. I mean, I'm I'm calling the people who did Ishtar for advice. I'm uh I've gone to see Avatar the Last Airbender ten times to see what they did right. <laughs> I uh I I put on Cleopatra. I'm asking them how to build overpriced models of ancient Egypt, which I, I didn't even know we had scenes for that. I heard uh, I heard you called the Sky Captain people and said, hey. How do I make a really fake-looking movie that nobody wants to see? I did. <laughs> I hadn't seen the movie, but they, they're used to that. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I'm not very frugal. <laughs> hey, who am I talking to right now? What? I'm in the business. We're having lunch. Oh, hey, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. It's such a good time here at Movie Not Being Made Diner that uh, I lose track of time. <laughs> it's, it's the pastrami. Oh, I can't do the pastrami anymore. I, I got to get the health plate. Okay. All right. All right. Listen, I think this turned into an episode of the, the Kaminsky method suddenly. <laughs> oh, that would be somebody's watching it. Oh, man. For heaven's sake, man, find out what happened to my detector beam and say, how the devil do you happen to be in here? If you'll tear your attention away from that screen for a moment, I'll explain answered Dozeman, coming forward from behind Marsha Montaigne. No, shouted Debussy without looking around. Look at this wondrous creature. Eyes, a voice, facial features. Hot damn, we've hit the jackpot. <laughs> it's the total package. It's three parts of a package. <laughs> wait, wait, does she have a chin? Does she have? Oh, yes, she has a chin. Jackpot, gentlemen. My God, she may be killed by those beasts. Where in the cosmos can she be? I'm glad you like it, said Dozeman in a dry voice. That's a three-dimensional, true-depth projection I made last month on my honeymoon vacation at our old Blood of Space set on the moon. I just rewired part of your televisor set last night 
so it would look like a split detector torque. Oh, no, don't tell me that now. I just ordered a new one and I paid for the undercoating too. They said it would protect it from water damage. Yeah, but but you're on Venus. There's no water damage. We keep telling you. I prayed to Jobu many, many times. (laughs) That's a motion picture of my wife you were viewing. Not an actual happening somewhere in the solar system. Oh, and that's my brother Luke is the ship captain and... My high school friend Rocco is the navigator and my adult kickball league team as scum number one through number 27. What can I say? They're naturals. Anyways, it was a hell of a honeymoon. <laughs> they all came along, hey? Huh? Yeah. Wow. My wife said to bring them. That's a hell of a time. You, sir, know how to party. You. Huh? What? Your wife? So you chose this method of... Presenting your wife to me? And I have to tell you, I find it very wrong for a husband to sneak in a video of his wife like that. And I don't want to reward you for snuckholding, which is a term I've just invented for the <laughs> act you just performed. Snuckholding. Yeah, you snuck her right into oh. the tape. Oh. And then I went right into my detector torque. That's what I hate about most of these guys in Hollywood. They're all a bunch of snucks. Ugh. Yeah. Why the deuce didn't you simply bring her in and introduce her to me, you dog? I could spot talent like that anywhere. Where is she now? Send for her at once. Miss Montaigne, get Mrs. Dozman on the telescreen. That uh, wouldn't work, Mr. Debussy, said the electrician. Allow me to present my wife, known to you only as the oomphless Miss Montaigne. What happened? Debussy gaped at the figure of his own secretary. Ah, uh, finally, the objectification by her boss she's always wanted. Marcia had turned open the throat of her pastel uniform. Her glasses had disappeared, and her dark brown hair was flowing about her face in wild disorder. Oh my god, Miss Montaigne is Superman. Okay, I mean, she's the girl <laughs> from the projector. That makes a lot of sense. She looks pretty much exactly like her. She did take the glasses off, though. But that the glasses, she could off. be Superman. Could still be. I agree. Can somebody catch me up? Undoubtedly, she was the original of the girl depicted on the crystal screen behind him. As he stared and gurgled, Marcia cried as the girl on the screen had cried. Would ye destroy the very men who bring ye hope? Debussy let out a yelp of ecstasy, grabbed his hair in frenzy, and fainted. Too much for the old boy, commented Dozeman. I'm not sure whether it was finally finding the star of his dream movie, or general horniness, or him somehow forgetting that you were gone on vacation all last month for your honeymoon with me, a man who also works at the company he's in charge of. (laughs) All good points, but I'm thinking general horniness. It could be that. You've certainly opened the throat of your uniform, and who could resist that? (laughs) But I guess you get the job now, honey. Yes, I think so, said Marcia. Call her suit electroponics for me, like a dear Sam. Mr. Debussy has pulled out all his hair and needs a repenting job. <laughs> um, 14 Hatchimals died that day. <laughs> Not the Hatchimals, too! Well, they've been crossbreeded now. 
The end. Wow. Nothing like a... I think you mean mom. mom. <laughs> Nothing like some good old-fashioned future objectification. That's uh, <laughs> good times for all. Yeah. He wanted to objectify her. He just didn't see it. <laughs> I like that it turns into she's all that, though, and she takes the glasses off and slightly opens her blouse. I'd like to say this is 1940 and... Yeah, you know, she's all that and everything. There was like a 1950s Isaac Asimov uh, essay mm -hmm. where he talks about the trope of a girl with glasses taking them off. Really? Yeah. It's nice. We're just been in here on the earth over and over. Same stuff, Rob. But Alan, what do you think the moral of this particular story is? Because... I don't think it's the same moral that Isaac Asimov was thinking about. <laughs> well, you know, I think if there is a moral, it's got to be when you go on your honeymoon, don't forget to make a special video to show your boss because it could be your big break. <laughs> Just invite 30 or 40 of your best friends and crewmen. <laughs> if you've got an adult kickball league, sure. <laughs> That's a good moral. That's a good moral. I think the moral is don't count your toupees before they're hatched because they've got <laughs> okay, to grow to uh they've got to grow to adulthood before they make uh for good hair pieces they gotta stop blinking purple and vibrating and then <laughs> suddenly your toupee is ready first first they came for the hatchables then they came for the furbies and then they came for the zoom zooms where does it end alan oh, where no. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, I think we had a little futuristic fun, but I hope everyone will tune in next time for another exciting interrupted... Alternate titles to this epic movie, okay? <laughs> Left with the Sirocco. Bye-bye <laughs> because of the tsunami. <laughs> Gone with the wind... Oh, I get it now. Tear!